God is with you. Let us pray. God of the dispossessed, you teach us to hunger for justice even when the weak are shut out and the powerful turn over in their beds. In the heat of our anger and the bitterness of our complaints, give us the courage to protest, the persistence to pray, and the heart to love. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I went to seminary, I was a music director at a church called Thads. Thads is an emergent community. And back then we met in a Culver City jazz venue that used to be this gigantic bakery, Helms Bakery. After the service at this Thad spot, uh, much like at St. Mike's, we had a bunch of kids in the community and they would come up on stage and play on the instruments, particularly the kids loved the drums. And early on at Thad's, there was this little two to three year old blonde kid named Levi and he would get up there and we were always really impressed. He could, he could like actually keep a beat and he was so cute, just adorable on the drums. It turned out that he was the son of Morgan and Heather Simpson. Morgan and Heather do a lot of different things, but they're mostly known as actors. Sometimes they'll pop up in Super Bowl commercials, but they also do a lot of community work. Every year, they they gather this thing called the Shine and Share, where they get their friends together and do an event. Sometimes it's um, something kind of more in the acting world, but other times it's more in the service world. But they have the Shine and Share event every year, and they donate to a particular uh, group that is in need. Anyway, just after I graduated from seminary, Morgan sent an email to a group of close friends from Thad's asking for prayers. Heather had been diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. She was under 40 years old, which is generally a bad sign. The survival rate for women under 40 with breast cancer is typically 12 to 15% lower than other age groups. In Morgan's email, he asked us all to set alarms on our phones so that we could pray for her every day at 2.22 p.m. Collectively, wherever we were, we would all pray at the same time. It was a great idea. It was easy to remember. And, and it was nice. It brought us all together. But that time got really scary. Heather got very sick, and we prayed for months and months and months. And Heather recovered. Not only did she recover, but a few years later, she had another baby. Summer. So they have two boys and then a baby girl who is now eight years old. And whenever I think of Summer... Whenever I think of the child or the season, I think of Heather and I think of 2.22 p.m. and the power of persistence. 
this week, Luke gives us a parable of surprising clarity. Luke says, Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. In this passage, the power of persistence in prayer is emphasized through the example of a bad judge who listens not to reason, but to repetition. This judge doesn't care about justice. He doesn't care about God. Luke says he had no respect for anyone. Notice this is a person of unbound power. The person is a man in a patriarchal society. He is a judge, a leader in a position of power, ostensibly over justice. But that is not why he's in it. He's indifferent to justice, and that indifference increases his power. There's nothing really binding this judge. And yet, and yet he listens to a widow, a woman who has been stripped of the only power she had in that society, which is through her husband, who is dead. Because the widow is persistent, she's able to influence this unjust judge. She doesn't simply get what she wants. She finds justice amidst injustice because she is persistent. In the past, we've talked about the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that is essentially the moral of this story. Much like the unjust judge responding to the window, widow, God will respond to our persistence in prayer. It's noteworthy that all this talk about prayer and persistence is in pursuit of justice. It's also important that there is no mention here of God granting wishes. There's no mention of God promising that things will be easy. Hence the passage from Genesis. Jacob wrestles with God. Jacob is in a tough time in his life in this passage. He's moving. He is in between fleeing his father-in-law that he deceived and reaching the brother that he betrayed. Amidst that transition, God appears and wrestles with Jacob, physically fighting with Jacob like a man, like two boys. I have three boys. They are constantly fighting. They're tussling, pushing, shoving. I think it's ironic that in this passage, Jacob is going to see his brother a lot of wrestling and fighting. Amidst this wrestling, Jacob is winning and he declares, I will not let you go until you bless me. Remember, it was a blessing that got Jacob in this trouble in the first place. A blessing that forced Jacob to flee. But Jacob persists. 
In her commentary on this passage, biblical scholar Rachel Wren writes, This pericope is perhaps the best description of the life of faith in the entire Bible. I love that. Faith is a struggle. And it is not just an individual struggle. Jacob gets the name Israel meaning wrestles with God, Israel. And that name becomes the name for the people, for the nation, for God's chosen. Not blessed, not privileged, wrestles with God. I love it. About six years ago, I got a call from the concerned mother of a UCSB student. Her son was struggling, and she didn't know why. After a series of meetings, it was clear that the student was suffering from alcoholism. He entered a program, and to bolster him in his recovery, we took a page from Morgan and Heather's uh, playbook. We gathered a group of family and friends, and we prayed for this student every day at 3.33 p.m. Sadly, the student's alcoholism got worse. He eventually dropped out, moved home, and cycled through a series of treatment facilities. On the surface, it appeared that our persistence had failed. But a while later, I got a letter in the mail the letter contained a check, a donation to St. Mike's, and in the letter, the mother thanked me in our community for being there for her and her son, for showing them that they were not alone, for praying with them, for wrestling with them, for persistence. You could look at that time and say that it was a failure, or you could see the virtue of persistence for its own sake. Persistence in the face of injustice is hope. It is the light that illuminates creativity and possibility. As we face the impossible, as we face injustice, Jesus keeps reminding us to pray, to keep praying. Keep praying for a solution to climate change. Keep praying for an end to systemic racism. Keep praying for the 14,000 people killed in Ukraine, including 4,400 NGO and volunteer forces and 3,404 civilians. Keep praying for an end to threats of nuclear war. Keep praying for an end to world hunger. Keep praying for love eternal to flood our lives and the lives of all who hunger and thirst for justice. Keep praying, saying, I will not let you go. Amen.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.